Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the unbelievable Aoife Spratt. Aoife is an actor, she's a singer, um, she does tons of comedy, uh, she's a writer as well. You're going to know her from tons of stuff, especially if you're in any way um, a fan of the Dublin theatre scene uh, on screen. Brilliant things like Locus of Control, Trampoline, which she is brilliant in, uh, some Storyland projects on RTE, uh, also the wonderful uh, phone-in podcast right here uh, on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, phoning it in, sorry, why am I calling it the phone-in podcast? I do that on the show as well. I'm saying it the wrong way. It's phoning it in. And she's brilliant on that. Uh, she's just a really talented performer right across uh, all the genres of theatre you could imagine. And uh, we have a lovely chat. So, uh, if, if you're listening, thanks so much for taking the time to do it. Uh, as we mentioned in the episode, I am probably somewhere in the middle of Vietnam, hopefully not dead. Um, so, these have all been uh, pre-recorded, but uh, I hopefully will have enough to last us through because uh, I don't want to miss a week for you lads. Uh, so, hope... Um, I don't know. I don't know what this is to do. Maybe this is just me saying that if I did die in Vietnam um, that I tried to leave you with podcasts and uh, maybe you can regenerate me um, based on all the fucking audio content that is out there of my voice um, yeah and go check out uh, the Patreon page patreon.com forward slash personality bingo where you can chuck a couple of euros our way uh, it would make a huge difference look the podcast is a dream to do but it's also a pain in the air sometimes like when you're going away um, and you want to like just you know, backlog a load of episodes, um, all of those kind of things and all the little bits of like work you need to take off to make sure that you get the podcast done, anything that you can chuck towards that just makes it a little bit more doable for me and on the team here at Hebstuff that help out, so it's massively appreciated, so chip a couple of euro our way, and I am talking to you, if you're listening, I'm talking to you, it's not some special person in the sky, as Bono, as Bono says, um, as Bono says, in the name of love, but as Blind Boy says, uh, it's a model based off soundness. So go on and be sound and uh, chuck us something if you can. If not, no worries. Just maybe give the podcast a share on your Twitter, uh, on your Instagram, screenshot the episode and uh, blast it out there just so people know you're listening because it reminds them that they might like it too. And I think you will like this episode with Aoife Spratt. If you want to see me on stage, make sure to book into Copperface Jacks the Musical. We are coming back this July and August. I'm so delighted to be back with that show. One of the happiest memories I have on stage. Amazing people amazingly funny script and um, yeah just a great gang it's a really good guaranteed night full of belly laughs and you also get free into coppers if that is your thing and after the show it might well be your thing or else it'll definitely put you off but either way uh, go in and see the show it's great fun and uh, if you do book a ticket let me know and um, say hello afterwards because anyone who listens to this podcast is a friend of mine so enough of all that guys please enjoy the brilliant Aoife Spratt playing personality bingo with Tom Moore. Aoife Spratt, ready to play Personality Bingo? Yeah. All right, sweet. So a quick explanation of how it all works. Uh, I've got 60 minutes on the clock, 60 balls in here, and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you a sheet of paper with five numbers on it. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Uh, nine, yeah. 50, right. 44, okay. 17, right. and 60. Lovely. Okay. Uh, would you do me another favour? Pick a sixth number, scribble it down there, something between uh, one and 60 that's not already there. One and 60 that's not already there. Um... Four. Yeah. Any reason? Uh, date of birth. Nice. Fourth. Yeah. Fourth of what month? Of August. Okay, on the fourth of May. Oh, right. I'm yeah. subject to shit jokes every year. Oh, that's great. You yeah. know, the May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. Oh. So oh. Yeah. Well, I'm Barack Obama's birthday. That's good. But nobody knows that. Mm. But um, I know it, and I'm delighted. <laughs> I think I've got David Beckham. Dave Beckham. Mm. All right, all right. Not bad. Pretty good. What, what, what football team do you support? I'm a big Spurs fan. Spurs. So it's very exciting. <gasps> oh, it's very exciting coming up now. Uh, you're not Liverpool, are you? Yeah. Oh. Well, shit. do you know what? I was I was United growing up, but um, my boyfriend is hugely into Liverpool, right. so I've totally just, I've had to succumb to Liverpool's charms. And I'm very charmed by them. I love Klopp. Yeah. Love salad, they're all lovely lads. Totally. Like, I have a theory that everyone who, do, like, I, I have a theory about, like, 
everyone in Ireland's a little bit jealous that they're not from Cork and I have a similar theory regarding Liverpool like everyone kind of wants to support Liverpool because you see just like you know you'll never walk alone at the start of every match and you're like ah like it does look like it means a little bit more even though like I adore Spurs because what they represent to me like I followed them for so long when they were shit and now they're good and they've gotten good in a really like organic way without money and without like it's it's really like natural and like satisfying to watch and I like you know never thought I'd ever see Spurs in a Champions League final I know ever like like, they both had such dramatic uh, wins I know both of them like they're they're literally two fairy tale stories yeah it's amazing and yeah so but and fucking weirdly by the time this episode comes out the Champions League final will probably have been played and we'll probably know we'll know who are the European champions whoa <laughs> oh it's kind of crazy they're nice nice either way they're both nice nice guys yeah they are they're both good teams yeah, yeah they both teams. did the right way two good managers um, yeah. yeah 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 right sweet and I should say that if all six of them numbers do come out that means the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world and I'll give you a totally honest answer great alright sweet we good to spin yeah let's do it okay here we go first up it is number six do you have it Nope. No worries. Number six, the question is, if you couldn't do what you're doing right now, what career would you pursue? I would have been, let's see, God, oh my God. I, I Do you know, I, I probably would have been a teacher, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Not like, I think not really completely by choice, but I just would have ended up doing it, I think, because I was always really good with kids mm. and I always had like... Uh, so my I'm very close to my extended family, and there was always a clatter of younger cousins that I would like often have to mind yeah. and entertain and stuff. And I was all, so I was always very good at doing that. And all my aunties and uncles, they're all like, "Oh, Eve will be a teacher because my mom's also a teacher." Right. So they're like, "She'd be great at that." So yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Like it's one of them careers that like I think if you've got any kind of way of like personal skills and like a sort of openness about you, people are automatically like, "Oh, teacher." You know, yeah. like I feel like every like well, this is an exaggeration, but like a vast majority of actors who are actors now were probably told you'd make a great teacher. Yeah, and I bet there's a load of teachers who'd probably make great actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like vice versa. Like it's funny. Did I I did like a yeah because I remember I did a, a course you know the the part time acting course in Bow Street right. a few years ago and there were so many teachers doing it because they had an interest in acting and they were, they were doing it it was an evening thing so they were like teaching during the day and they were doing it at night so actually there was about I think there's about three or four teachers in it yeah and what a nice lifestyle as well oh it's so sweet my mom's teacher she gets off like three every day it's amazing and yeah. like I was even talking to a teacher last night who's well like who, an actor last night but who you know went to like Pats and did the whole teaching vibe and she was like subbing now and like you know acting when she gets to work and it's like it's a pretty fucking ideal situation um and then so and then like in terms of like what like you do for sort for like for anyone so weirdly today i put it on instagram right if you have a look at my instagram story today i was looking through the statistics of like who listens to the podcast Mm -hmm. and it's weird like the demographics of it like pretty big in saudi arabia what yeah so for people who uh, like won't know you from doing shows and bits around dublin like i'm curious so what how would you just like obviously an actor Mm -hmm. and then like what other what other like because I know like you write and obviously do like loads of comedy. So like, what are the words when people go like, what you do? What do you do? Because it's always a tricky one. Like, what do you say? Uh, I would say I'm a performer, uh-huh. which is vague because mm-hmm. it means uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm not like limited to just acting. I suppose like because I've done a bit of, you know, I do sing and as well, you know. So I've done like a little bit of music here and there. I've done like even backing vocals and mm-hmm. things like that. And um, I. Uh, yeah, I think I'd say performer, but like mostly I'm an actor. Do you describe yourself as a comedian? No, uh, yeah. no. It's, it, no, it's really interesting. I had like a conversation about this with a friend because obviously like, you know, you've got really good like comedy bones or whatever. Yeah. But then like, do you reserve the title comedian for people who do stand up comedy? I suppose I would, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I kind of do too. Mm. But then I have a friend who like would do real, like I'd say similar like work to you is in like works as an actor in like, you know, normal theatre so to speak but like definitely like veers like largely towards uh, like comedy and sketches and even like the podcast you know like um, phone in and like all that kind of improv stuff like they lean in that way and they describe themselves as a comedian and I remember when they said that to me at first it was kind of like what like my instinct was to go like no you're not you've never done stand up but like that was so like that's weird like wrong but it was just, I was just curious yeah. um, what your take on that was yeah like I, like I suppose I'd I would say a comedian is someone who, yeah, stand up comedy and they like they write their set, they get up, they do their set and uh, 
yeah, I suppose like that's what I would say a comedian. But then again, I know a lot of comedians do a lot of acting themselves, mm. you know, too. Like as in, you know, you see like Tommy Tiernan and Derry Girls, he's brilliant in it. Totally. And, you know, there's all, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are comedians, but they also uh, veer into acting. So I suppose guest actors do the same thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, like the, I think I think those lines are like blurring more and more and more in a really good way. Yeah. Like, do you, um, and, and so say like something like stand-up, like is, is it something that ever appealed to you? Because I'm almost certain like people always go like, hey, you should try stand-up. Yeah, people say it to me <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like people say it to me a lot. They do. Um, but um, no, I've never, I don't know, I've never thought of doing it. I wonder, is it because maybe I was trained as an actor and like, you know, I really, I guess that's what I've worked in and you know how I know how to do and like a lot of times like people say have you ever tried stand up after they might see me in a play being funny mm. but like you know then I go well there's someone someone wrote that you know I'm just performing it I suppose um, but yeah no maybe someday but I don't have any plans in the near future to do it yeah, I guess yeah. I wouldn't know how you know I, don't, I think it's a different art form like it's a whole different art form and um, yeah, I'd have a lot to learn before mm. I did it. You know what I mean? I'd have to learn a new skill almost to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that like that idea of you know going back to like you know training and stuff like that, and then how that affects the kind of work you think you should do. Like yeah. I was only talking um, but this with like an actor the other day, and we were talking about how like for me, right? Like it, that's been a real big like not to say like journey but like it, it, I mean it has been just a, an adjustment of thought for me in the way like I look at like what I do and like like to be frank about it like the skills I have like obviously because you're DIT obviously as well aren't you? Yeah. Yeah yeah so like um, so we're about like DIT which is like so you're going and you're getting like your conservatory training whatever the fuck that means you know like whether yeah. that's a good experience for you or a bad one but like it's this thing and then I don't know certainly when I was in there like I kind you're kind of like oh so like what a professional actor in Ireland looks like is you know you work in the Abbey and the gate and maybe a few shows in like uh the project yeah maybe like tour a little bit and then maybe like two or three you know little television or film gigs like a year and you're like oh that's what like that'd be a lovely life I'd really like that yeah and then now as you know someone who's been like out of college for whatever like three years I'll probably is it I don't even know I always say three years it's over three years it's over three years yeah. it's like nearly four years and um and you're out and like you're kind of getting to grips with like the, the reality of what it actually looks like but also like the freedom in like not act like kind of knowing that like well, they're all things I'd love to do, like work in the Abbey and the Gate, but also be like, yeah, but like, they're kind of only like buildings as well. And like, you know, I, I you know, just to like, and be like, you know, open up to doing, like we were talking off mic about like, say, doing like a, something like Bingo Loco or say doing like yeah. the phone in podcast, like that's so. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I love doing like commercial gigs so mm -hmm. much. I love them. Like I really do. It's like, you get paid really well. You get to have like, it's the pressure's low. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You might like be hard to do like, you know, like an interactive thing where like you you're at a party and you're just you're in a character and you swan around with character like yeah. being being like, are you enjoying your evening and all? And I love it. I'm just like, oh, I'm getting well paid. I'm having a bit of crack. I'm going to have a break. It's like nearly like <laughs> I'm going to have a break soon and then I'm going to go back and do it again. And I'm like, yeah, I really enjoy it like I do. <laughs> I love them. I love getting them. I just got reminded of our mutual hatred of rats. <gasps> I don't oh know why. God. I don't know why. I just did. I got a flashback to being at John Dennehy's show. Oh, sure. I told you about my... Oh, I was just back from New we York. We were both just back from New York. Yeah. But you had a bit of a traumatic experience with rats. I had... Uh, it was it was a nightmare for someone. Now, it like, so, sounds ridiculous to someone who doesn't mind rats and just can like see them as things but I just have an ira an irrational fear of them mm. uh, like as in I don't know why I think it's because I, I grew up next to a cornfield and there was always rats in the summer and I used to just be terrorised by them all the time as a kid I used to be just like la 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 playing, playing in the garden and then the next thing a rat would just jump out of the lawn and I'd be like ah like, it's, and just okay, so because I think I was fed a lot of like misinformation about rats, which maybe has led to my fear of them. But one of the things I was told that was if you like say we the shed in my like 
home home house in County mm. Mead, right? And we used to, uh, it used to be my job to like mow the lawn, like in the house, like, and I used to hate doing it because, mm. especially like if it was like the first cut of the year and the grass was long, and I was, I was afraid it was gonna like mow over a rat and all his fucking rat guts were gonna like back I into know. my face. Mm. But I told one thing like, when you were like wheeling the lawnmower like out of the shed, that if just say the rat was like hibernating underneath the lawnmower, that it would then like identify you as you know a source of danger, and that they have these really powerful leg muscles, and that they could <laughs> spring up like you know I'm like six foot one, they could spring up like you know five foot eight inches to my fucking neck and like they would just bite your neck they'd go for oh, the kills really? on. I assume that is bullshit but I was just wondering when you said they jump out of the grass were you literally meaning they were springing out of the grass like they just ah oh, no they just fly but I tell you they, they literally they fly, they fly. I, I when I was in I told you when I was in the subway in New York at like on one o'clock in the morning I like had this magical like oh my god it's Thursday in New York City and I was a bit drunk and I was like looking at, I was in Times Square, which I mean, I've been told since is the mankiest subway stop, like in terms of the amount of rubbish and stuff that's there. So they love that, yep. you know, they love rubbish. And uh, I, you know, I went down into the subway. I was like, wow, Times Square, all to myself. There's so many people here earlier. And I was no, it's just me, me in Times Square. I go down with my cousin and um, we go down into the subway. And we get down into the into the middle of the place and then suddenly right down from the there's steps to the right, steps to the left, right steps, about 40 rats just stream down. And then I, I scream and I run to the other stairs and then there's even more. And then I go to the turnstiles and there's some coming out from underneath there. And literally, I'm just standing there in the middle. They're literally going, hum, 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 that they're flying. They're literally airborne, like jumping around <laughs> and flying around me. I died. I died on the spot. I couldn't move. And then I asked um, Mikey, would he pick me up? And he was like, I can't pick you up. Like, look how deep the steps are. You're going to have to run. So he just like legged it out of the subway and there was rats coming down the stairs as I was going. And then I refused to go on the subway. I was like, I'm getting an Uber. I don't care how much it costs. I'm not going down there again. And so, yeah. so what about mice? Don't like anything that resembles a rat. Like yeah. hamsters, gerbils. Mm. No, none of them. Just can't any even anything that reminds me of them. I just can't. I don't know why. Yeah, I had this really irrational fear again. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be in my head now forever. Yeah. Uh, but of a rat being on the roof of my shower, and there was something about being naked, obviously in the shower, and a rat being on the top, and then like kind of you know the condensation would make the walls of the shower all wet and slippery, and the rat would fall off the roof of the shower, and he'd, like, land on my head and, like, slip off my hair and, like, scuttle down my face with his little paws and his, like, tail would flick my nipple and my nipple would go hard, and then I'd <laughs> have a rat fetish for the rest of my life. Like, I really <laughs> had this... I, I swear to God, I don't know why that was... And then, like, the rat would be just scampering around at my feet, like, trying to get out of the shower and yeah. couldn't get out. This was a real... Like, I had to check the roof of the shower just for rats. being trapped there with the, the, the feeling of being trapped with a rat, like... <sighs> It's like, do you ever, do you, have you ever read, read the book 1984? No. Oh my God. Just read it. There's like, you wait till you get to the ending. I won't ruin it for you because it's a fantastic book, but the ending of it will like kill your soul. Anyway, I just like, like, because you, you hate rats. Mm -hmm. If rats involved in it, yeah, the end of 1984, you'd be shook after like, reading it. I was telling you that I'm going to Vietnam. So when this podcast comes out, I'll be in Vietnam somewhere. And I, yeah. again, like that, I'm just worried about like, rats and stuff because obviously you know like yeah. the standard of living is like I, I, this could be so irrational I don't even know because irrational is just the fucking yeah. word of this podcast for fuck's there's sake there's lots of wild cats in Vietnam though oh that's good so the, yeah like there's there's wild cats like just they just walk like you know they're not there's just more feral cats like here like there's no wild cats because they have to be domesticated mm -hmm. or whatever but like you know they get taken into DSPC or whatever but like in yeah, Vietnam, there's wild. So I think you'll be okay. Like, I think mm. they'll take care of them for you. That's what they, obviously, you'd say, live off. Yeah. You know? Because, like, I have this, you know, I was even reading a book uh, the other day, and, like, they were talking about, it was, it's um, Dolly Alderton, do you know that writer? She has this mm. book, Everything I Know About Love, it's called. It's really good. Cool. I'm really enjoying reading it. But anyway, she talks about, you know, being in a, a shitty apartment in London and there being a rat or a mouse, I can't even remember, but w whenever, like, it comes and they went across to the shop and they had this big masculine shop owner who come and, like, kill the rat or catch the rat or whatever happened to the rat he would sort the problem and I'd have this like I would love to be that man but like I, I can't be that man yeah yeah it's no. just not me that's okay yeah I think so I, 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 I feel you I feel your pain and yeah, yeah. 
Like, do you think that your boyfriend, if there was a rat in your house, would be able to deal with it? Or would, like, would you have to call, you know, an exterminator or something uh, like that? He wouldn't be as afraid. Like, he, if it's in the house, obviously, like, that's a big problem. Also, our house is, like, too... It's so small <laughs> that, like, it, like, I don't even think he'd be able to fit in, like, a rat be able to fit in because it's so small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's not, like, he's not really afraid of them. You know, he mm-hmm. just sees them as as animals really another animal he's not really afraid of animals at all really yeah. like so yeah he'd be okay with it yeah, it's funny like I, yeah that, that's such an interesting thing sorry we will spin the thing again but this is just interesting like I've always like uh, like I and it's only now as an adult that I kind of realise that it, it's not that normal but like I as a kid like and I definitely am like less afraid of things now but, like as a kid I was like afraid of everything like yeah everything like everything you could possibly be afraid of I was afraid of like I was afraid of like drowning like I'm just thinking of like different things that would have been like like triggering for me like like drowning and like I've talked about it before on the podcast but I was I was ready like what like water like swimming pools to see anything then like within that I'd be afraid of like fish and then like I talked about like um I was really afraid as a kid the Virgin Mary was going to appear in my room like that was a big fear for me and like then like the color of swimming pools like that pale blue chlorine colour would like remind me of the Virgin Mary and like I was afraid of like banshees really badly like as a teenager like when it didn't make fucking sense yeah. like and you know and like and ghosts and like uh, like if I was walking like through Are you still afraid of ghosts? Um, and banshees and things? I just literally said this in a recent podcast but I live in a house that like I've seen a ghost in it You've seen? What was the ghost like? It was a little girl Oh my god! Really? Yeah, like a little eight-year-old girl in a communion dress. It, yeah, so it, it's the Brian Gallagher episode of the podcast. For anyone who hasn't heard, it's right at the end. Even if you don't fancy listening to the whole podcast, which I'd recommend you do because Brian's brilliant. But um, I won't go into it in complete detail. I'd yeah. recommend because it's got like the best twist ever. Because basically, I saw the ghost like two years ago, and then the story like updated itself like six weeks ago because I'm basically living in my dead granny's house and it's mm-hmm. being sold at the moment so everything's being cleared out and basically the dress that I saw the little girl in two and a half years ago turned up in the house like and it's the exact dress that I saw on the little girl but the when we were clearing out the wardrobes like it was just there and my mom left it out being like you know because they didn't want to throw it away they wanted to donate it to a charity shop or something you know what I mean yeah. and I was like that's the dress from the story like I, I haven't said it to my mom because like I don't want to look like a fucking crazy person, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. Okay. Never. No. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm. I'm able to or something. I think you have to like be. I think you have to be. I don't know because you have to be sensitive to. Because I actually I lived in a really old house there about six months ago, maybe more, mm. and um, one of my housemates was like. I heard go- I heard someone running up and down the hall last night. I swear to God, did you not hear that? And I was like, no. And then like he heard it consistently for a while, and like I never heard it once. And I don't know. I just don't. I don't think I'm able. I don't know. I think some people have the sixth sense, mm. you know, and mm. uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Like, uh, like as I said that. When we were chatting about it with Brian, I was like, I don't even believe in ghosts. I just saw one. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, I don't even, like, rationally, and I still don't, like, and, and I always say this at the start when I tell that story, is like, I was horrifically hungover. Like, <laughs> top five worst hangovers. Like, I'm yeah. so like I'm so happy if someone wants to go to me, like, Tom, you were just hallucinating because you were dehydrated. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know you're right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I saw a little girl. Like, it, it doesn't, like, to me, I'm like, it doesn't matter if it was supernatural or just my brain being dehydrated. Like, it's still incredible how real whatever the fuck I saw was. You know what I mean? Like, the point of whether it's real or not is kind of not the point. It was yeah. so real. That's extreme. Like, uh, that's extreme fear, like, from the hangover. Yeah. Like, you got fear. Uh, <laughs> wait till I tell you. <laughs> like, this was, yeah. like, basic bitch terror. Like, it was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. so much. Yeah. Um. Anyway, will you give it a spin? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Uh, number 54. Do you have it? Nope. No worries. Um. Oh, yeah, I like this one. Uh, if you could give your 12-year-old self some advice, what would it be? Uh, okay, so I would first say don't uh, get your belly button pierced when you're 16. You, you don't want to do it. You're just doing it because your friends are doing it on a school trip to Dublin. And 
yeah, <laughs> don't do it. It's stuck. It's I still have the little like, like the little rotten manky little belly button hole. I wish it would go away, but it's it's still there. Yeah. Um. On that's on a very shallow bit of advice, superficial bit of advice. That's really good. Also, I wish I had of maybe like, uh, tried a bit harder in school, maybe just to see how I would have like done academically if I had bothered my arse. But I was so like, ah, no, it's grand. I don't need school. I don't want to do that. I was I was real like when I was a kid. I was really like. If I don't want to do something, fuck, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Mm. I was just like, if I really wanted to do something, I'd give it full lash. But yeah, if I didn't want to do it, I just, <laughs> I just wouldn't. And, yeah. and like, so within that, is there any kind of implication that if you had done better in school that you might have done something different in college and mightn't have ended up being an actor? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just like, I wonder, because I actually did very well in college when I when I got into college. Um, I did very well. I really applied myself. But when I was in school, I was an absolute messer. I used to DOS all the time, and um, yeah, I. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. was, I was a, I was a. Well, I wasn't bold. I was just a big messer. I didn't really bother or try that hard. And when I did get to college, I was like, oh, I did really well. Like you know, so I guess I just would have liked to have seen what, what happened. Maybe if if I had been good at something else that I didn't know about, but. I don't know, not really. Uh, is there any other bit of advice I'd give them? Um, just, yeah, I don't know. I think that's... No, that's, that's really good. Like, so I'm curious though about that, like about that difference in like attitude then from like school to college. Mm. So obviously school, like um, relatively like, well, I'm going to talk about my experience, like kind of mm-hmm. like certainly not comparable to drama school, right? Yeah. Like, because I mean in drama school, not that you're, I wouldn't say it's fair to say you're rewarded for being a messer because you need like, obviously like discipline and like it's like it's, it's it's fairly full on and like the hours are much longer than like for pretty much any other course you're going to do yeah. but at the same time like you know if you're like a messer and have that like kind of high energy sort of like you know vibing off a group thing like mm. it does reward that so like do you think for example just if you went into I don't know let's just say fucking like physics in UCD right I yeah. don't even know is that a course that they do in UCD but let's pretend it is and you were in that right like working away with your little maths brain on or whatever the fuck like do you think that that would like it was just that like mature of age that allowed you to focus or do you think it was the fact that you loved what you were doing that allowed you to focus oh it's because I loved what I was doing but also being a messer is pretty good for drama mm. you know if you're a messer like you can you can do something with that in drama like you can you know like you can have a funny bit with one of your friends where you're messing you're maybe but without realising you're actually creating characters in the process right. do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you could be uh, like putting on a funny voice to make your friends laugh but then suddenly oh this is this could be a character I could use in a scene maybe I could put them in a play or maybe I could use something I've developed here for a character mm. like that I have to play later on or something like that you know so actually yeah I think being a messer I suppose more dramatically you could say being playful is actually good for totally. drama and is useful for it uh, yeah. and so then like riffing off that right so you look at like say the things you've done since college and the things like a lot of like our peers would have done since college right yep. and then if you kind of reverse engineer it this is a weird question I've never asked this before but I'm interested because like I always look back at like we went to the same college and I'm sure you have like brilliant memories of it but at the same time I can look back at it now and like see like oh god like what a highly flawed thing it is as well like what like are there if there was like a change or a couple of changes that you could make to like how your experience of drama school was and the kind of things that you were taught and if you were to say design your own drama school what would that look like in comparison to what the reality of it was um god i think uh i think i'd be i don't know i think i'd try to get i tried to like get them get them maybe out of the of the college or whatever mm. as much as possible like as in you know maybe like do a workshop with a with an active theatre company right. like outside of the college even like so you know you've experienced I think I just try get as many different people teaching as possible because you have experience of lots of different directors and the reality is like you do only work with people for like say four weeks on a show and then you'll work with someone else for another couple of weeks mm-hmm. or you know you, you change around all the time Um, yeah I think that's I'd also like I also uh, 
I wouldn't be as intense with, with everyone. Like, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be like, this is do or die. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. as in, this is so important. Like, I definitely wouldn't be as intense, like, with the whole, like, if you mess this up now, that's it. That you're late for this. That's it. You're fired on the spot. Yeah. Like, I think I just wouldn't be as, as in, I'd be a bit more chilled out with them or something. I, I you might know the teacher I'm talking about because we definitely both had her. Yeah. But our, we were talking about this today. Like, what a funny concept. Like, she was. I remember one time, and like, take I and like, I was. I am as a person like quite like fucking. Uh, I don't know. Is earnest the right word? But like, if someone's telling me something, like I'll really listen and I'll really kind of. I, not that I'm like an unquestioning person or like I'm sure you could describe me as gullible if you wanted. But like, if someone says something who like I perceive to know more than me, like I'll really listen. It's like a good quality most of the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's probably flawed. But um, there was a college in or there was a tutor in college who said a sentence something along the lines of, "I want to get this right, but the only excuse to miss a rehearsal is a death certificate." And it better be your own. <laughs> and like they said that like in complete seriousness. And like we were kind of like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, so like, you know, the implication being that like if your mom dies and you're in rehearsals, like, like tough shit. I know. And like, I like, think that attitude, like that attitude, like when I was young, like I went to, I started drama college. I was only just turned 18 yeah, when same, I started, yeah. like just about 18. So like if they said something like that to me, I'd be like, Gospel truth. I'd write it Gospel down. Gospel like, truth. I wrote it down in my little book, and I was like, "Right, this is this is the crack. This is what you're supposed to, like. This is so. That's how. That's what I mean by like being that intense. Like you know, it's because I think I think actually, if you bring like that type of attitude into like, you know, into your professional life or something, like your your personal life will suffer. Yeah. You know, and like people do drama and stuff they don't do it for like the money or whatever they do it for like because they love it or right something that brings them joy in some way i guess yeah no totally i mean like yeah that like for me like for me if i was to like redesign elements of it like it would be yeah it would be like to way more focus on like on you as a person and like what's like what's your crack like you know what i mean like because certainly like my experience of like college was like a lot of the time was like playing mad characters and stuff which i mean which is super useful you know what i mean but like but but so so useful and like loads of really good stuff comes out of that. But like at the same time, a lot of people like I actually think I was lucky in the sense that I kind of left having a good idea of who I was. But I, I don't think I really got it from like drama school necessarily. And I think that'd be a great thing to like help teach it. Drama school is like no, well, like who who are you actually like what like because you know the way it's like such a cliche thing, but like the most interesting thing you have is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like that's so true for. Like any of these things like acting, comedy, I mean, just for being a fucking human in the world. But like, that's one thing that I really wish was pushed more. Like, whereas in like our drama school, like uh, certainly my experience of it was like, they were really interested in like, well, no, like this is the time where you can, you know, experiment and play characters you never get to play. Again, super useful as an exercise, but also really useful to know like who the fuck you are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. n- like no one wants to see me play like the granny from like the beauty of Lynn or the fucking some Martin McDonough play you know what I mean I would I, I mean <laughs> me too but like um, but do you know what I mean like I like it like get that thing of like you know teaching you like how to write for yourself and like yeah you know, yeah it's, it's it's really interesting I'd actually it's something I would be so I would be so interested in like I mean I it's not really a desire I have but I, in theory I'd be so interested in actually designing a course that would like that like I would have liked to have attended or would still like to attend you know what I mean yeah yeah it's interesting mm-hmm. it's interesting we give a spin yeah. Let's do it. Uh, okay, here we go. Oh, two came out. Uh, first one out. It was number one. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Number one. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Um, I think I'd like to think that I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. but I'm not. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm just not. Like, it's in, I'd like to go. Do you know the way people always say, you know, like, oh, I just, I really need me time. I just need to, like, <laughs> you know be by myself, just read a book, like think, do some do some meditation. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But I don't, like I, I don't, I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, I'd like to read a book, but I'd like to read a book like knowing that like someone was in the other room. Yeah. So I could like nip in and out and just say, hey, what's, what are you up to? Do you know, I always prefer being around other people or, I mean, I obviously have my own time as well, but like if I'm at home in the house all day, like I'll probably ring someone at some point or text someone or even go out for a walk so I, I'm around I don't know I just like knowing that there's other people 
around me and stuff like that yeah totally and yeah well, it's funny even as you said that like i was just like oh what, what would i consider because I, like I'd, I'd say you definitely like someone who has like both maybe isn't like i don't know you super well but anyway well enough like yeah and it's even funny like i feel like you've got like i've literally just this is like an in the moment observation from mm. sitting opposite you for the last like half an hour mm. but like i feel like you would kind of have like nearly an introvert and an extrovert voice like yeah. you nearly actually have two vo- different voices that you use. like sometimes you'll talk in a, like a in a normal tone right and then like i feel like then you can like switch into like that kind of a voice and it's really funny because that's yeah. way more extrovert and kind of way more like naturally comedic even you were talking there I was like so interesting yeah no I I, I would say I'm an extrovert to mm. be honest with you Um, I do and I also generally say what's on my, like I generally say what I'm thinking as mm. well like without being able to help myself <laughs> like and like not you, in a bad way but in yeah. a like like oh my god like I might say something really boring like I might say something like oh I had the most unreal dinner today oh my god it was so good like no one needs to know that you know but um, I just can't myself I just like bleh, just and, comes out of my mouth and like does that, does that like coming out of your mouth kind of thing uh, like is it like does it is it I know you're saying not in a bad way but like does it ever end up in a bad way like because it, it, when you say that immediately for me whatever this means about me but like I think of that as like oh confrontation like if I wasn't oh, no. to self filter I think I'm sure I get in way more confrontational situations than I do as me. You yeah. know what I mean? No, no, never. It's never. Conf- I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm really not confrontational at all. Yeah. Um. But like, I just like it's more like that. I I I'm like uh, I'm like a Ulysses book. Like I'm just like Ulysses. I'm just like. Yeah, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm just very chatty, I suppose. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just yeah, come, yeah. It's just I can just chat and chat and chat. Yeah, pretty much. But um, no, I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't be confrontational or anything. I wouldn't be like, yeah, well, I think you're an arsehole. That's it now. How do you like that? That's just what I think. That's just me, you know. And like, like that. in moments where you just find yourself in confrontation, you're like, oh, this is the last thing I want. Like, what's your, what's your go-to response? Like, is it kind of like a like do you kind of like concede or is it like a fight back get defensive thing or like does it just never happen uh uh i i generally try to keep the peace to be honest with yeah. you if i can yeah yeah i just try to keep okay yeah, yeah. Keep the peace. i remember i had this we had this housemate once and like she um i was just too much for her or something i don't know what it was but like i didn't know how to handle her because like it wasn't it was just that I annoyed her it wasn't that I did anything to her but like she didn't annoy me at all I didn't really have a problem with her but she'd just get really annoyed at me and like for no reason and, and like go go at me kind of she'd be like she'd like oh yeah well if you use the shower it's gonna be a fucking state and like any of my friends listen to this gonna be like oh yeah I know who you're talking about but anyway and she used to like go on a rant or something and like I actually just used to go oh, okay and I used to just back out of the kitchen and just like walk <laughs> Because I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I just used to like walk off and be like, oh, yeah. And then I'd see her again. I'd be like, hey, how are you? Like, because if she hadn't gone on a rant. So. So gas. Yeah. And so you'd like, you'd never, you'd never. You, OK, so I like, totally understand that instinct to be like, I'm just going to walk out and get the fuck out of the situation. Yeah. But you'd never like in the kind of, you know, cold, sober light of calmness go like, hey, I feel like, you know, I, I'm very triggering for you or something. Like it was never addressed ever. <laughs> Uh, no, it wasn't. I think she just she just moved out eventually. You know, so yeah, yeah. dressed. But like, I, I, you know, if you are an extroverted person, you you can be a bit too much for people, and I'm like, I'm totally aware of that too. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting, right? <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, but today, right? There's um, there's someone I don't know them well, but I really like them, and I've I've actually it, it, this is such a specific scenario, and I'm trying to work out how to describe it. But basically, there's someone um and uh. I met them on a night out, really late at night, like kind of drunk, right? Mm. And um, and ended up hanging out with them for two days straight. Like didn't sleep together or anything like that. Yeah. It, like it was a, a girl, right? And um, hung out for like two days straight in her apartment. It was like one of the weirdest things. I just had like a free weekend. It was really weird. It was like something out of a fucking film. And we kind of like got wine on the way home in fucking some weird Indian restaurant in Temple Bar. And like... Stayed up all night in the gaff chatting. The next day, woke up and ended up just staying there. Like, got cans in the shop. We're like dancing in a living in in her living room to like vinyl. Just this real nice, wholesome weekend. That's very wholesome. It was so lovely. Yeah. Like it was really nice, and like I, I really remember it as being like something that like has never happened, and I have a really fond memory of it. And so you know, we we like you know followed each other on like Instagram and and Twitter and stuff, and kind of, um. But, but like the next week, she was going um away, like moving away. So it was like 
grand and it wasn't because like, I'd say if that didn't happen we, we might have gone on to date because like we we like had a little kiss or whatever but it was real it was just real wholesome that's the best way to describe it yeah. with a lot of alcohol but like wholesome nonetheless yeah. and um, and then um, today uh, um, they had something up and I just uh, responded on Instagram we, had, we hadn't talked really much since that at all because they've been away for like this is like nearly a year ago right we hadn't ta- and I just responded on Instagram and uh, they liked the comment, but they didn't like respond back, which was fine. But it was definitely a comment if you wanted to like, you know, respond back and say like, oh yeah, totally. Like, and the hope door you're was open. hope you're well, totally. And they didn't. I was like, that's grand. And I just like, and I know <laughs> this is uh, this is I don't know why I'm saying this, but it, it happened today, so it was on my mind. And I went on their profile. And I was like, this is weird. I kind of expected like we might like to say hello from there. Um, and I was just like, oh, and I realized like, oh, she doesn't like follow you anymore on Instagram. And it was like. It was like the smallest little, like 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 the miniest little heartbreak. Not even a real heartbreak. But you're just kind of like, oh, like what? Mm, okay. And like it was just so interesting because I I was just trying to catch like myself in the response. And um, but yeah, I had that thought too because I like I have a big like uh, extroverted personality in loads of ways. But I consider myself to be introverted like at the core of it. Mm-hmm. Like for example, differently to you, I really like not seeing anyone like all day or like and I'll go away to like Donegal or like somewhere rural for like two weeks or like going to Vietnam by myself and I'll yeah. like that's like the introvert part of me but like I totally have an extrovert part too and I but that, that's what I wondered I was like because certainly like my personality in social media just by the nature of social media because it is social and because if you're putting something out there you're probably feeling in like an extroverted mood or you're trying to sell something or like let someone know like oh the podcast is out or oh I have this play on or whatever the fuck is like part of our job sometimes you know yeah and uh, I was like oh like Maybe that's maybe that's like why like maybe that's just not a thing. But it was just this was just a little tangent for me to be like I had a funny little moment today where I was like I, I, like I was like oh Connor hurts my feelings that that you don't follow me anymore. But like obviously yeah. no one. It was just I maybe maybe it's because maybe it's because I like romanticized and glorified our, our wholesome weekend together. And I was like that was that was so special. We'll have that. It sounds wholesome and cute. It was real wholesome and cute. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought I thought I thought maybe there's certain instances in life where you feel like. I've I've earned a follow for life there. But it's weird how like you yeah. turn like social media into a currency because then the only way like you see that person and maybe that like colors like the the way that you you know reflect in that moment is because the only way you see their life then if you're not like you know living in the same country or whatever is like through little m- moments online. Yeah, yeah, it is weird the way you can do that with people, isn't it? It's mm. like oh, I saw you were like, it's mad how like before social media, media like you you just had to go, what have you been up to or something. Right, but now you can literally go. Oh, I saw you were like in like Spain last week, or you know what I mean, like totally. Was, yeah, yeah, because yeah, no, no, that's so true. Because in like the little romantic part of my brain, right? So <laughs> we we social media doesn't exist, okay? And so we met in that like random night, and we have that like random weekend, and it's lovely and all very wholesome, and like we we don't swap phone numbers, we don't do anything, we just go off like a fucking Ethan Hawke movie. You know what I'm I mean? I'm just gonna say it sounds exactly like that movie. What's the name of that? Is that before before Sun? midnight? Before uh, uh, before but, something, yeah. B- before <laughs> before social media, before sunset, <laughs> yeah. Before social media, yeah, yeah. Um, but all that, yeah. And then like, and then like, we see each other in the same place, like three years later, and we, we recreate the weekend. But now, if I if I see her, I'm, I, I definitely like, obviously would like say hello, and it'd be totally fine. But in the back of my mind, it'd be kind of like, oh yeah, well you don't follow me on Instagram anymore. Richard Linklater would be like hiding behind the bar in the workman's. <laughs> like Richard Linklater, would be we like, met, it was in the workman's. That's out. where we met. Really good. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, surprise! Yeah, and uh, know, he'd yeah. be like creeping behind the bar in the workman's, and he'll just like have a have a little camera and be just like documenting the whole thing be beautiful I'd be so on board for that yeah then you'll have a record of, of the wholesomeness yeah. I know Like, but I'm such a dope like they're my favourite films his like before oh they're great yeah, yeah. they're great and the acting's brilliant so, so good yeah. I love Ethan Hawke very underrated actor I think he's brilliant I met him <gasps> in New York actually while you were there because he was doing a play uh, on Broadway and I went to see it oh, and um, I queued up after to like to you know, everyone's queuing for their autographs and stuff, and um, I don't know if I told this during the podcast. Anyway, fuck it. And uh, it was him <laughs> and Paul Dano in like True West, and uh, Paul Dano was also fucking brilliant. He's unreal. So he came out first at the stage door, and I didn't really like. I didn't want to get an autograph off even like I just Ethan Hawke's my favorite actor, full stop. Yeah. And I love him as a writer, and I just love everything that he does. So um, but like there was a kind of a queue for to meet everyone. So like I just handed Paul Dano a program because I didn't really want to talk to Paul Dano, and I didn't want to bother him either. But I was yeah. in the queue, and it would look rude to be like I, I don't actually care about you. So. He just signed the program and I was like, you know, thanks so much. Performed so brilliant. Like, really appreciate it. And he was very socially awkward. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, I, he's pro- like, I'd say he might. 
be on the spectrum or something like that. Like, and he's, <laughs> but he's super talented as well. Like, he was brilliant in the play. Yeah. But he, you could just tell, like, this he wasn't comfortable in these situations. So I was just like, thanks so much. And like, when, yeah. but I perfectly stayed at the back of the queue, like, literally last in the queue. So Ethan Hawke comes out a few minutes later, and you know, there's a big kind of limo like jeep waiting to take him off mm. and uh so waiting in the queue and like he's really he's really good with people and he's like spending a lot of time talking to everyone like retaking photos of people want like signing as m- much as people want and i kind of came up and i made the decision in my head that i wasn't gonna ask him for anything like i was like i can either like ask him for a photo and put it on instagram and get like you know yeah. a load of likes and have that forever or i was like i can like just go up and say like I, I don't like want a photo or anything I just wanted to like thank you so much because like your work's real meaningful to me and like the performance was, tonight was brilliant it was so cool to get to see in the flesh and just say thanks for all that over like the years like I, you're just works real special to me or whatever mm. so did that and he was just kind of like man and like he brought me over to his little limo and he kind of sat into it and he was like sorry like you're from Dublin and I was like yeah 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 and he was like what are you doing in New York and I was doing a show over there for the week and we were talking about that and then uh He'd like done a Sam Shepard in the Abbey before. He'd done like a stage reading of it that's like meant to be legendary. Um, so like I knew that he'd done that, so I was asking about that. And he's like, Oh my god, you know about that? It's so weird. And we had like a lovely little like it was like a 90-second, two-minute chat, but I was like, Oh, I'll like really remember like that as a real connection. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's deadly. Yeah, he was oh a gem. I tell everyone I know about that. Yeah. <laughs> now I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've bragged about it significantly now. Yeah. But uh yeah. And it was like really premeditated. Like I really thought about it. I was like, what would be the better thing to do here? And like I was pretty confident that I could, you know, do the like the like you know, thankful thing without being like a complete sap about it, but also Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think it was the right decision in the end. Yeah. Although I would I would have liked that Instagram too, but you know. Oh my god, it's it that's what he'll think you're way cooler now. Yeah. Like that's he'll be like, What a cool lad. Yeah, and at the end he was like, Well, hopefully we get to work together someday, Tom. And I was like, Ethan, I agree. Like he was so nice and he really made an effort to like get my name and like, you know, yeah. he was really he was just a nice guy. Put it in quotes on your C V. Ethan Hawke would really like to work with <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, just <laughs> like put it on the top of your C V before you go in for auditions. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should too. Um right, let's give it a spin. Okay, here we go. Next up is number 24. Do you have it? Uh, nope. Eva, it's so warm in this room. It's very warm, yeah. Yeah, I got the I got the fan on me there before. When I got off the bike, I was like... <gasps> I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Are you, you're a cycler? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do you live, are you, do you live close? Like, can you, is it, or like, is it like going to be a sweaty cycle home? Uh... Kind of, mm. it's it's uh, I cycle down, I live near Dollymount Strand, so oh, gorgeous. you're by the sea, so you always get a good bit of wind, cools you down. So, so nice. Yeah. Do, do you like do you do the <laughs> do you do long walks on the beach? I do, yeah, well, more so like I do a long walk out to the beach, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, full so island. nice, yeah, it's lovely, yeah, it's great. I really want to live by the beach, it's pretty nice, yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a sh- it's it's not the greatest beach mm. in the world. It's more like, it's more, it, there's not actually a lot of sand on it and it's more of a bay, you mm. know what I mean? Mm. But it's still nice. Like, it's always gorgeous to look at. And are you from Wexford? Yeah. And are you from near, like, the coast? Uh, so I'm from, like, I'm from a very rural area. So it's about, uh, it's kind of in between Enniscorthy and New Ross, but I think we're about, we're near Kirklow Beach, like, mm. near enough to Kirklow, yeah. It's the most beautiful county Oh yeah, it's a lovely county. Yeah. I was just down there last weekend. I was doing a Bingo Logo show there. Oh yeah, and it, in the Clayton White Hotel in the Wexford Town. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was fucking mad. Yeah, they the were bananas. Yeah, Wexford people are mad. Yeah, like like you'd want to see Wexford hurling fans. Like right. if Wexford do anything in hurling, like it's just wild. <laughs> like it's absolutely wild. I remember we got into the Leinster final about two years ago now. And we were all, me and my mom and dad and my uncle and auntie, they're all up for the match. And we were all in the pub the night before the Leinster final. And we were just so delighted to be in the Leinster final. And we were all so drunk. And we just kept saying, we haven't lost yet. <laughs> we haven't lost yet. Probably playing fucking Kilkenny or something, was it? Like, no, we played Galway. Oh, it was like, Galway. Yeah. They, okay. they tried, we beat Kilkenny that year. But oh, wow. Yeah. Kilkenny looked good this year, though. They do, but hopefully we'll beat them. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I think Kilkenny might win the All-Ireland. Uh, I don't think so. Mm. No, I think Limerick will win it again. Yeah, they might. Yeah. They might. I just think Kenny look really fucking good, but yeah, you could be right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like Limerick. I'd like Limerick to win it. Me too. They're good lads. I, yeah, I don't mind. But uh, yeah, Wexford was fucking mad. Like, they were particularly, like, I've done, we've done <laughs> shows like, every, like you know, Cork, Galway, Cavan, fucking, like, Kildare, Louth, Meath, yeah. like, loads in Dublin, like, Wexford was bananas. Like it was <laughs> yeah. like we like the gig hadn't started yet. Like there was just kind of like the preset music was on, and they were already dancing on the tables, which is a real bingo oh, yeah. loco thing. But I was like, 
lads, this is... And then some guy, then some guy, then some fella came up to me and he was like, here, will you talk to your DJ? Because basically the, the format for Bingo Loco is like, I'm like the comedian host fella who runs yeah. it. Like it's like a kind of high energy like job and you're doing the bingo and you're also giving away the prizes and you're doing sort of like improv stuff with the people who you're bringing up onto the stage. Remember, it's an amazing job. I love it so much. And then there's a DJ who'll play like just tunes and we'll like work out what we're going to do and I'll work out a little bit to lead into the song. It's real cool. Um... And then there's two dancers on either side that are called like the hype crew, and their job is to kind of get everyone like up and buzzing. And mm-hmm. it's a just it's it's a real it's a real real good night if that kind of vibe is your vibe. Do you know what I mean? Ah yeah. And yeah. but then this guy was like, "Here, if you play this song, everyone will go fucking mental." And was it, it dancing at the crossroads? It was dancing I at the crossroads, it. and I was everyone heard that song too. And this fella like came up from the crowd, and like this is the beauty of Bingo Logo is you can really like embrace like just the randomness of what's gonna happen. Yeah. This big massive fucker came up like from the stage, <laughs> and he did like a five minute rendition of Dancing at the Crossroads and I've never seen a bunch of people as happy Did in my he life. List, he listed off the names perfectly. I'd say like Jamie Fitzhenry, Jericho, Sean Fett, like this 96 hurling team. Yeah, no, it's it's always a crowd pleaser. It's always a crowd pleaser there. I don't know. Do you know, people say to me all the time, every time I tell them I'm from Wexford, they're like, Jesus, Wexford people are mad. And I'm like, yeah, like I don't know what it is, but like we are all a bit mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful no place. For it, yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, two and four, number twenty-four. That was a real bingo logo thing. Two and four, number twenty-four. It's number. Two. Um, <laughs> what is your definition of success for yourself? Hmm. Success. I think success changes all the time. It's ever evolving. Like your own idea of what it is. Mm. Like, as in, do you know what I mean? Maybe it's like. I don't know, like you go, like for me, it's like it changes all the time. Yeah, as I said, it's like I audition for something and if I get that show, I really want it. Great success. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, or you, you might set little goals for yourself mm. at the, you know, at the start of the year. Like you, you might, and like I'm always, I always try to be realistic. Like I said, okay, I want to try get seen by this person right. or something. Get on that person's radar like casting director or something like that. Mm. And um, like, I'll try to like achieve that goal. I don't like when I was younger, like, you know, like I used to be like, right, I want to be like star of a Hollywood movie by the age of 24. Like, do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like it used to be that, but like I just try to set more realistic goals, I suppose. Um, yeah, pretty much. I think that's like, I think, do you know what? I think if you can just, if you can, like, if you find something you like to do and, like, you can pay your way with it or just even if you find something you like to do and you have another job to keep yourself going. But just if you're doing something or you like or you're hanging out with people you like, I mean, that's successful, I think, yeah. And, like, because I totally agree with everything you said. And at the same time, that idea of like the Hollywood movie when you're, you know, 16, like, <laughs> yeah. it, like, is there still a part of you that's like, oh yeah, like I'd fucking love that. Or is that like, I know now that I'm older, I know what that would actually like imply for like my life. I'm not about that at all. Uh, no, I would still love it, but I would just like, I'm just a bit more like, that's probably not going to happen. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm a bit more, start small, you know. I think maybe if I had gotten to a point where I was like, right, I've done like a big British film, mm-hmm. you know, like I got, I was a, I was a prominent part in the, in a British film. I've broken the British market or something. Mm. Maybe then you could say, next stop Hollywood mm-hmm. but like you know right now I'm just like that's like I'm not go- I'm not just going to jump from like you know <laughs> Dublin like where I am now to Hollywood like right, that right. you know what I mean of course yeah, so, yeah 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 I think like I think that's why it's like I just try not to get ahead of myself mm. you know I'm just mm. trying to go right great I got this little I got a day on uh, something filmed by RT great you know maybe now I'll try get like uh, a day on BBC something like that you know yeah, yeah, little, yeah. little things like that so you can build up yeah yeah. and like yeah that's interesting like that idea of like getting ahead of yourself so what like yeah like is that something that you feel like you've done in the past or like what would be the yeah. fear oh really I'm a big daydreamer like okay yeah I'm a, I dr- I'm just daydreaming all the time like you know so what does that like look like for you uh, it looks like like say if I got like I'm, I'm always like uh, a scheming maybe or something I don't know what you'd say but like you know if I do I'm not I, I don't really do it anymore Um, but like say if I get an audition for something I'd be like 
oh my God, that's great. So I get this. I can already imagine myself in it. I haven't even yeah. read the sides yet. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like imagine myself up on the stage. Audiences are loving it. Great reviews. Then I get headhunted out of that. And then they're like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm just constantly like making up this like narrative. Like like it's literally like, <laughs> it's like a star is born happens in my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it's like oh wow okay so I get up on the stage everyone sees how good I am and then I'm super famous you know it's like I'm on the team yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly it's like yeah it's basically I'm a daydreamer and I, I do get ahead of myself sometimes or even like even like I get like if I get a pay from like an ad or something I just, I just suddenly think like I've loads of money now. I'm going to buy a car now. Uh, I'm going to just like, but like, you know, the way acting works is like, you're not going to get an ad again for probably another year yeah. or whatever. So yeah, I do. I'm just a daydreamer. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, I you, this is a shit question for you to answer, but I, are you very good at getting ads? I feel like you're a good ad person. Uh, Yeah, I've done, see, I did an ad last year. I did, I think I've done three in the last, year or two maybe that's so good mm. like if you can get like if you can get like an ad every like 18 months like you're killing it yeah you're doing well you're doing pretty good you're doing well because mm-hmm. they're just so great it's like you feel like obviously like the company are like getting loads out of you but like you feel like you know it's money for nothing because it's you know it's a day two days and <laughs> you're getting like serious money and you're like this is fucking great yeah it is it's great like yeah it's the best people are asking you do you want tea all the time mm. do you want like uh, another bottle of water and I'm like eh, oh yeah alright well, cool <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah yeah uh, how are you in those situations when you're like if you're in that you know environment of like let's say you're doing the day in RT or you're like in an ad and like you know you're important to those people to get their job done for that day and you know yeah. they're like you know for want of a better word like pampering you you know what I mean and they're making sure you're okay for everything and that you know mainly they're just making sure you're where the fuck they need you to be but like they do it in a really nice way so it feels good for you like are you comfortable with that or like because I've experienced like people who are like super comfortable with it to the point where you're kind of like all right don't be a dickhead about it and then I've also experienced people who are like so uncomfortable that they kind of like get in the way and they're like trying to help like fucking props guys like lift shit around the set and the props are like no like as in like, that is not helping me like you're the talent is like you know the word they use now like you can't fucking lift a finger because you're not insured to do that and if yeah. you fucking put your back out or whatever the fuck like we're done for I think I like I've only ever been like as in I did this big budget ad like last year like it was a big budget like big huge budget what one was it it was so it was for Heineken and it was like had like this rugby player called Serge Betson do you know Serge Betson I don't he used to play for France okay yeah he was he was was a star of it or whatever and uh, but it was a big budget ad or whatever and like I spent the whole day being like they were like, because I love, I love getting food. Like, I love being fed. <laughs> I just do. And I'm really bad, like, when I'm hung- like when I'm hungry, I start to get, like, like uh, just a bit upset. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. God, I'm really hungry. Do you know, I just get a bit upset or something. And um, I remember I spent the whole day, like, there was another fella in the ad with me. I spent the whole day, like, uh, like, uh, okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a coffee break. And, like, someone would hand me, like, a tea. And, like, I'd get, like, a... Uh, like a croissant or something and I spent the whole day going this is unreal look at this I just got a croissant this is deadly like I just spent the whole day being like oh my god this is unreal oh thanks great oh deadly like I, I wasn't being cool at all yeah yeah like the other the other guys in the ad were like yeah thanks thanks cool yeah they were just being cool and I was like oh my god another oh my god another break this is brilliant yeah. more food yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I got a kick out of it anyway. It was very charming, though. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, Jenny! So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you get used to it, but I didn't have time to get used to it. So yeah, very. I was, I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Right, we give it one more spin. Sure. It flew by. Uh, all right, here we go. Next up, it is number 26. Do you have it? I do not. No worries. Oh, nice bit of finish. What is your most treasured relationship with someone over the age of 65? Oh, my nana. Ah. Yeah. What's her crack? She is a wonderful woman. Uh, okay. Uh, she really is. Um, She's uh, 90. Well, she's actually 90 in July. And uh, she's my she's my mom's mom. Mm. And uh, she lives down. We live very close. Our house has always been very close to her. 
and um, she's an absolute legend. She used to be, um, she was uh, captain of the Wexford Camogie team okay. back in the day. And she was, <laughs> she was Miss Wexford at one point. She like was in some sort of, uh, like was kind of like Rosa Trilly-esque kind of thing. And uh, she was a dressmaker. She made uh, my mom's wedding dress and her two other two daughters wedding dresses. And um, she lived on a farm. Uh, well, she was actually, she was the youngest of 15, I think. Right. And uh, oh, she's not the youngest. She's like the second youngest. Ted is the youngest. And um, she grew up on this farm anyway. And like she's just like she's just really cool and really like she's just very open minded and she's really she reads a lot. Like she comes out with things like we saw an ad for like, you know, the Jack Reacher films. Yeah. yeah. Like and um, she just <laughs> goes um, and Tom Cruise is the lead in it, obviously. And she just goes like um, <laughs> she just goes. I, d- I didn't agree with him being cast as Jack Reacher. He was much he d- like, you know, I was just expecting someone different from the books. You know, I just read the books and I was just expecting someone a bit taller and stronger. And I was like, gas, like she's just reading the Jack Reacher books. She loves crime novels. Like she just loves those murder crime novels. But um, yeah, she's great. I love I go and I go down to see her when I go home and she's still on the farm where my mom and they all grew up. Mm. And um, yeah, I just love chatting with her and she's very intelligent and yeah. And is she, is she like, uh, is her, was she married? Like, does she have a husband? Oh yeah, she was married, but mm-hmm. um, my granddad died a good few years ago now. I think when I was 14 he died, so right. and instead a while now, yeah. And so like, that's like, like, whatever, like 10, 15 years ago nearly. Like, so what, yeah. like, and how has she been since then? Like, has she, like, did she go back and start dating people or does she have like... No, no, she didn't. Um, but yeah, no, she never did. And um, but she always had a really active social life. So she was part of the ICA, the Irish Country Women's Association. No way. For all of you don't don't know what it is. Um, yeah, it's like so. It's like an association of Irish country women, and they do things like they go up to Dublin for like day trips. Like I remember. They, she went up to see like something in the board gosh once and I was working in the body shop in Henry Street but like they were at the poor gosh end and her and her friend like walked the whole way across town to come into me in the body shop and I was like oh my god you're so far away from the rest of the group but they were just like no I want to come and say hello but yeah so they do they did loads of activities like that and she also loved painting so she painted a lot and they had painting classes and yeah so. there's something so like special about the idea of an elderly person who like defies your uh like image of what an elderly person is like yeah. you know what i mean even when you said like she's like 90 and she's like so open-minded like she is yeah because you know like because it's, it's a kind of fucky thing about like our well not our generation but just like about life or society or whatever the fuck but like you know we have all these things of like oh well like the only people who would vote for like you know not to repeal the eighth are you know people over the age of you know sixty five and stuff like that mm. and um and like there's definitely like truth in that I'm sure like the demographics would probably like say so but it's so refreshing when you like meet an older person like I have loads of them in my life thank God who are like yeah. super open minded and like super just like cool and like just like loving in their actions and stuff it's real special like yeah it is yeah she she obviously she voted yeah for yes for marriage equality and yes for repealing the eight and mm. yeah it was never and i i was never kind of in any doubt about her doing that either like i was mm. like nana's cool and <laughs> yeah. she's just she's non-judgmental like mm. completely like you feel like you could just kind of tell her anything and yeah she's never yeah, she's never judgmental or she's like, you do you, which is nice and a uh, nice thing to pass on, I suppose, to all the um, all our kids. And also it's nice because we actually so like we're we like the extended family. So she had six children, but we all have Christmas dinner together every year. So in total, there's like there's 36 of us oh my for God. Christmas dinner every year. I think that's how many of us there are. Yeah, they. 32 to 36 I can't remember but that around that mark over 30 of us and we all have it together and it's probably just a t- and like we're all I grew up with all my cousins I know them really well and uh, I think it's a testament to her you know totally. of, of like her just being a class mother and grandmother yeah that's amazing yeah so good um, Brad, thanks so much for being personality bingo thank you um, uh, so you've got a cool show coming up 
in yes. Smock Alley. Yes. Um, that is secret now, but when we release this, it's going to be all out. So, like, why don't you tell us Hopefully, about what yeah. you... Yeah, <laughs> or, else, or else we just fucked it all. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get sued fucked. by John Morton and Peter McGann. They're going to kill me. Yeah, um, yeah no. Uh, so I'm in a show called The Roaring Banshees, mm. um, which is a very cool show. Uh, well, it's from what I've read in the script already. Uh, it's very cool. Uh, it's written by, as you said, John Morton and Peter McGann. Um, who they have they been on personality bingo have they both of them have yeah great so there you go and um, it's a kind of a follow up to or like a part of the same family um, as the Hellfire Squad one of the best plays I've ever seen yeah which Tom loves and uh, yeah so it's like kind of that it's all women so it's like a an outfit of coming them on and they move to Chicago and they set up like a speakeasy and yeah hilarity and uh, crack ensues and also yeah just lots of stuff basically yeah. do you have did you have dates for it in smock yet um so it's on for pretty much the whole month of august i think Sweet. yeah so from this is it the second week in august i think on t- or the third week yeah no jesus the second week in august we're starting the first weekend is the bank holiday weekend in kilkenny uh, so that, that's the fourth to the third, I think, in Kilkenny. Sweet. Then we have a week off and then we're in Smock for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Unreal. Until I'll be there. Great. I'm excited. <laughs> Eva Spratt, thanks so much for being here tonight, Bingo. Thank you. Well. <laughs> So guys, that was the fantastic Aoife Spratt playing Personality Bingo. Aoife, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. I so appreciate it. I know how busy you are with all the different bits and bobs. And I cannot wait to see you in the Roaring Banshees at Smock Alley Theatre uh, this August. And also in Kilkenny, if you are down that neck of the woods, you are spoiled for choice. As I said, during the show, I'm going to be away in Vietnam right now, so uh, hopefully that is all going well, and hopefully the podcasts are flying out as normal, and you are enjoying as normal. Uh, The numbers have been through the roof lately, guys, and that's not an exaggeration. They've literally been flying. I don't know what's going on, but it's just, you know, people are finding it, enjoying it, people are spreading the word, whatever it is, keep it going. It's so nice to see that. Uh, It makes it just that bit more worthwhile from my POV. Um... And yeah, thanks so much. So as always, if you're in a position to screenshot it, share it on Twitter, on Facebook, just word of mouth with a pal. It honestly does make a huge difference. Like there's no two ways around it. And whenever you do that, it honestly uh, makes my heart skip a beat. So uh, thank you so much for uh, all you're doing. And if you are uh, in that position where you can chuck a couple of euros our way, do it. Go to personality bingo. uh, No, go to patreon.com forward slash personality bingo. Sorry, I'm making so many mistakes in this fucking intro, but it's very hot. And uh, it's been a long, long day. But uh, what a pleasure it was chatting Aoife. And yeah, come and check out Copperface Jackson the Musical at the Olympia Theatre. Uh, we're there all July and August. Um, really excited to get back on the road with that. And then hopefully have some cool, exciting projects that I can announce uh, in the future once I am back from the holidays. Uh, so, lads, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Morton.